Thanks a lot, Ben, and the band. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's really good to really good to see you this morning. Um, my name is uh, Jeep Underwood, and I'm the campus pastor here. We're really glad that you chose to spend this Sunday morning here with us. Um, this week, uh, this week we're going to continue a series called the uh, Proven Playbook. It's something we've been looking at for a few weeks now, and we've been we've been really focusing on the core relational values that we really strive to to really uh, follow here at Church in the Valley. And these are these are really scriptural principles that really apply in every arena of our lives and to all parts of our lives. And so the first week we looked at the first play we looked at was just putting the goals and interests of other people ahead of your own. And that's really the attitude that Jesus had as he loved and related with people. And if we'll adopt that same attitude in us, it really does, uh, it really does give us strong relationships. And then play number two we looked at was clearing up relationships is, you know, good relationships are a major key in your sense of well-being in life. And so it's just really important to give forgiveness, to get forgiveness uh, when you need it, and to really offer that to other people. And then last week, Barry, Barry shared some things with us about the third play, and that was just living an honest and open life. If we're really honest and open with each other, then people really get to know us, and they can really see, it really allows us to get the help that we need as they can really see how they can help us. And if you missed any one of those talks, you can go on churchinthevalley.com and you can you can get caught up on some of those talks if you miss some. Um, you know, these practices, they're really trusted plays that we go to over and over again, like football. Football teams have these trusted plays they go to over and over again that bring success. And uh, we call these here we call these the hard attitudes just because they're the attitudes that we adopt as we really choose how we decide and decide how we really relate to people. And so uh, this morning, what we're going we're gonna to look at this morning is, you know, one thing that can happen uh, as you're trying to figure out how to run your life is you can, life can begin giving you some major hits. You know, things can get hard. And uh, this fourth trusted play that we're going to look at today, it can really protect you from really wandering into places where life can really start hitting you hard. And so keeping with our football theme, I've got a couple of clips that I want us to watch. Um, now, I do a little bit of a disclaimer. The first one's going to be a little tough to watch. Um, you know, in football, they call it tackle football for a reason. Um, we're going to look at some pretty big hits on the field that were in the NFL. And so I want you guys to go ahead and, uh, you know, the guys, the guys are probably going to enjoy this a little more than the girls. So, uh, you know, if uh, you feel like you need to just, you know, not watch, that's totally fine. It's only about a minute long, so it won't take very long. I think I did good not to go into football as, a, as my line of work. Um, 
You know, guys, that, that's painful to watch. <laughs> those are some hard hits. And, uh, you know, those guys, those guys, man, they play rough. Um, I'd like to look now, uh, let's watch another video, also about a minute long. This is just, you, you get to see some, some players that get kind of some tough situations, and then they kind of break through the tackles, and it turns out great. So let's... Now, those are some pretty amazing plays. If, you, if that was your team, you'd be really excited right now. Um, you know, we, we tend to imagine ourselves as we're living our lives, we tend to imagine ourselves like the second clip. Like, you know, whatever happens in life, whatever happens in life, we'll be able to handle it. We can, like, move back and forth. We can move around, and we'll be able to kind of navigate through it, and we'll still have success. But really, sometimes we wander off of God's path, and a hit comes that can really just lay us out and really can be really hard to recover from. There's just things that are out there. There are real dangers out there. And we all have blind spots. There's, there's things that we just don't see that uh, around us. There's big problems that may be coming that we don't see, but other people around us really see. And so what we're going to be looking at this morning is the fourth play that really helps us with this is just giving and receiving scriptural correction. Giving and receiving scriptural correction. Now, if you look at that, you know, the video we watched first of the big hits. What if, what if there was a teammate who saw that hit coming and blocked? You know, it's like, you know, this, look, this guy's going, I'm going to take him out. And then the, the teammate sees it coming and they take the hit and they take the block. That would have very, been a very different clip, very different clip of how, how it really works. And, you know, looking out for each other and caring enough about each other to prevent damage in each other's lives is really a big part of what it means to be a part of God's family. Because we really need to be looking, we're in a team, really looking out for each other. In our culture, however, words like rebuke and spiritual and scriptural correction, you know, you tend, they tend not to bring very positive results or positive reactions from people. Um, you know, even, even minor corrections can be really hard for people to hear. You know, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't have had lunch at 11. Oh, uh, they're just minor things. And I think, I think from the reason for that is we tend, we tend to not see things in context, especially in our lives. We don't see things in context of what's really going on. You know, once in a while, I don't know about you guys, but I'll hear a story or read something that, that kind of marks me, kind of a, there's some lessons in the story that really are, uh, that just really kind of resonate with me. But, and there's a story I want to share with you guys this morning that's one of those kind of stories. If, uh, have any of you guys been in like a small aircraft, like a single engine Cessna or we got one, two, we got some brave people here. 
I, I get nervous in 737s, you know. And so this, the whole idea of like, you know, bouncing around on the wind, I honestly, I wrote, I wrote a helicopter once and, uh, you know, it's the word once. Um, I don't believe I'll ever do that again. Um, but this, this story, there's a, it's about a guy, it was back in Indiana about 20 years ago. This guy, an 80, 81 year old guy, he's, uh, flying with his friend and his friend's a pilot and his friend's like 56. And you're going to think this story's going to go the other way, but it's not. Um, so his 56-year-old pilot friend takes him up, just wants to show him around, and they're in a Cessna single-engine plane. And when they're up there looking around, his friend slumps over and dies of a heart attack. I don't know about you, but I think that would be very concerning to me. And so the plane, I mean, the plane starts to just nosedive down. And... In those planes, there's there's a yoke in both seats. So he he grabs it, just intuitively pulls it up, and kind of brings the plane kind of level. And he gets on the radio, and he just just frantically calls for help. And there's two other pilots that are flying in the area. These two other pilots flying in the area, they hear this call, and they fly over to where he's at. They get on either side of him, and they start giving him instructions and teaching him how to just as much as you can teach over the radio. They're trying to teach him. Now, that's an altimeter. <laughs> See the thing with the, the with the wings on, but just trying to help them understand how to climb, how to how to how to descend, how to steer, just taking them through some basics, and then the scariest of all, landing, because he's got to try to land this plane. And so they're coming around, and they circle the airport like three times before they're ready to to, to before he's ready to attempt the landing. And while they're doing that, all the emergency vehicles are coming out on the. Thing and I had coming out on the tarmac. That's be very encouraging to a guy who's trying to land a plane. You're looking down, going, "Oh gosh, they're ready for me." Um, and I, you know, I just I just can't imagine what the level of stress. Plus, he's 81 years old. Um, so he's coming in. They they bring. He finally gets the nerve to try it. He comes in. He hits several times, kind of hard, and he coasts to a stop. And he winds up being in a field just off the runway. And he actually survived. And he, he actually landed the plane. You know, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I was thinking about this story. And I, do you think, do you think that the, the 81 year old guy who's flying the airplane, did he have trouble being corrected by those guys? Like, you know, they'd say, you know, uh, actually you need to give that more rudder. So, uh, that's the foot pedal. And then you need to, and they're going, Hey, 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 quit telling me what to do. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking that's happening. Uh, I'm thinking he's probably paying attention to everything and trying to do what they say. And I think it's because he, he just, his life depended on it. The context for him is that his life really depended on it. And then how about those other pilots that flew in? How did they feel the freedom to just correct him all they wanted? You know, just, uh, just to keep giving the steady stream of correction. I think it's because they cared about him. And because of their understanding of flying, they really knew that he wasn't going to make it unless somebody really helped him. And so that, that's kind of, I think that's where they were coming from. And so they were this perfect match of, of learner and teacher because of the context that the, the man was in. The context of this play that we're talking about this morning of giving and receiving scriptural correction, it's really that same thing. It's, uh, it really matters because our lives really depend on the way we choose to live them. And because we really have outcomes that are determined by the decisions that we make on how to live. And that's really true for every one of us. Every single one of us needs correction in our life. Every one of us have blind spots that we need help. 
And that's, you know, that's why God gave the scriptures was to really help us have the life that he really wanted for us. You know, he, he didn't give the scriptures just to increase our information. He gave the scriptures really to change our lives. And that's really what God's, that's what God's heart is. So, you know, even though being corrected can be hard, we're really called to care about each other and we're really called to build each other up. That's, that's part of the context too is, is you see this in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Paul says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now that word build, it's kind of, it's the same word you use if you were building a house. And so what we're really called on is to help build, help each other build the, the life that really does not only make a difference, but also we, we avoid those big hits in life and we really avoid the damage and have the life that God really desires for us. What it's not is this. You fly your plane and I'll fly my plane and I hope everything works out for you. You know, that's, that's not what this looks like. But what it really looks like is how can we be helping each other to fly our planes in such a way that we have good outcomes in life? And really what that comes down to is just helping each other connect to scriptural principles that really, that really are the way that our lives really should operate. So that's, that's, uh, that's what's really behind, uh, this, uh, this play. Now, also, you know, just if you look at Hebrews 3, it gives us a much better understanding of why we need to give and receive scriptural correction. It's in Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Uh, the writer of Hebrews just says, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called the day, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You know, all of us face the danger. All of us face the danger of being hardened, uh, by the, de- being deceived by sin. It's, it's just some, it's a danger we all face. And we can all really develop some real spiritual blind spots in our lives. And we just can't see some of the problems that are coming. And left unchecked, it can really, those blind spots can really lead to a hardened heart that really just turns away from God. And when we, when we, when we develop a turning away from God in our heart, it really cuts us off from the help that God really wants us to have. Now, the safeguard against that is in that verse. He says, the safeguard is just having a close network of of people who really walk with God, who care about you, and are watching out for each other. And it says we encourage who encourage one another daily. You know, close enough. This really is requires a close relationship with other folks that are following God, where they can really see your life and really encourage you uh, as you're going along. Have points of connection there. Now that that word encouragement, it's encouragement with like an edge of challenge, and really. We're, the atmosphere that we really need to be operating in is just one of encouragement, but also just really urging each other on really to, to be, go the right direction. It's really urging each other on. And a good rule, a good rule of thumb as you're trying to balance this, this atmosphere and also correcting is, you know, you want to have about a 90%, uh, 90% encouragement and about 10% correction. About 90% encouragement, about 10% correction. If you go around correcting everybody for everything, pretty soon you won't have very many relationships to deal with because, you know, that gets, that can get really old. But when you're, you're in a situation where two people are really encouraging each other and really helping each other, that's the kind of relationship where correction can be really received. And because you both know that you both care about each other and it really is the atmosphere within which you can really help each other. So how do we, how do we run this play in our lives? I want to, I want to look at this from a couple, two different directions. 
One is just uh, receiving correction, and the other one's giving correction. So the first part, first thing is just develop a listening heart. Is you really need to develop a listening heart that is really open to correction, open to being corrected. And I want to I want to tell you guys a story this morning just about uh, King Josiah. He was like one of the last kings of Judah in the Old Testament. This is in Second Chronicles, and the. Uh, you know, his, his dad, he, his dad and his grandfather were two of the most evil kings that Judah ever had. And they really took the, for about 57 years, they took the nation the wrong direction. They just took them completely away from God. And when Josiah, he became king when he was about eight years old, if you can imagine that. And then when he was about 16, he began to really seek God on his own. And then when he was about 26, he began looking at the temple of God, he began to realize, you know, it really fall into disrepair for those 57 years. And so he began to, he began some construction projects to really renovate the temple. While they're doing this renovation project, the high priest finds in the temple the book of the law of Moses, basically the scriptures up to that point. And uh, it just been kind of out of sight for many, many years. He finds this book and he gives it to Shaphan, uh, the scribe and says, Hey, give this to the king. And so, Shavon the scribe goes up to the king and he goes, hey, let me give you a report of everything that's happening. This is all the construction efforts that's going on. This is all the things going on for the temple. Oh, and uh, the high priest gave me a book. You're like, oh, well, well, won't you read it? So Shaphan starts reading this book. And as he's reading it, Josiah, the king, begins to have a real emotional reaction. Uh, because as he's listening to the God's word, he's realizing that the major difficulties that the country faced was because they had really been walking away from God. He, he's, he's, he's looking at, he's looking at what the scriptures say and he's looking at the newspaper and they're really kind of going with each other. He's like, he's, you know, we're, we're, we're really on the wrong track. And he began just to really, uh, be really moved. And he actually says, well, well then, hey, go talk to a prophet, see if we're, if we're reading this right. And so the prophet comes back and he basically says, yes, this is exactly what's happening. The nation has moved away from God and this is why these bad things are happening. He says, but, but tell the king who sent you this. And he says this. And this is in Second Chronicles 34, 27 through 28. God says, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place, its inhabitants. What he told us, he says, because your heart was tender to me and humble, he says, the direction of your, your life is going to be different. You're actually, you're not going to wind up in the place that you were headed. You're going to have a very, very different life. And that's, having that kind of tender heart response is really what it means to have a listening heart and being able to be correctable. You know, the next thing Josiah did is he calls all the kingdom into, into Jerusalem. He reads the book of the law to them himself. And he makes a public commitment to follow what God says. And he, and he has them join him in that commitment. And throughout his lifetime, the country didn't, never turned from following God. That kind of response really is a beautiful thing. In fact, if you look at, uh, Proverbs 25, it says this, a, uh, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a reprover is a wise reprover to a listening ear. When you get someone who really knows what how uh, what could really help, and you get someone who really listens to that, 
it just it's a very beautiful thing because help really does come. <clears throat> and so that and that really is the heart of someone who really can receive correction. So I want to just real quick kind of walk through like how you could receive correction. If someone cares enough about you and they come connect to you, uh, what's what's a way that you could approach that to really receive that correction? The first thing I would I would suggest is just to humble yourself. Is to humble yourself knowing that you really need help. Humble yourself because you know that you really need help. And then thank the person for having just the courage to come talk to you. Uh, that's a very, very important thing, just to thank them. And then to ask questions to make sure you understand what they're saying. Not not to defend yourself. Be careful about just defending yourself, but just try to understand what it is they're saying. And And then think about whether they're right or not. And if they're right, if you realize they're right, then just admit that, thank them, and really put and really work on changing that area. And if they're not sure, if you're not sure that this is really, then tell them, you know what, I will really, I will really pray about this, and I'll really think this through. I'll consider, and I'll get back to you and let you know what I what I find out. Thanks for bringing this up. Now, for someone to really care about you is a big thing. You, several years ago, many years ago, uh, my cousin and I were camping with my with my family, with our fam- some of our family, and we decided we we're going to go fishing. And so we take off. We're going to walk. We're walking along this path uh, to uh, where the river was. So we're walking along, and there's like this cut bank. We're up on this tide cut bank with a big cut bank going off to the side. We're probably probably 20 feet tall, something like that. And we're walking along, and we're just kind of, you know, my cousin and I, we're just shooting the breeze. And as we're walking along, I looked down, and I saw a rattlesnake coming across our path. And he was coming in diagonally, so it wasn't like directly in my path, but I could see that my cousin's next step was going to be right where the rattlesnake was going. Perceived it just like that. And there was no time to go, excuse me, um, if you were to take another step, you're likely to be bitten by a rattlesnake. So if you were to consider your course, you know, I just didn't have time to say anything like that. I looked down and the snake's, you know, going fast, going right where he's at, and I just... I just knocked him sideways. <laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy that, but, uh, he probably had it coming, but, uh, but I just, I just, I hit him like right in the chest, right in the numbers. And I, I took, I hit him and I, I wasn't thinking about where we were at. I was thinking about the danger. Well, he went off the bank. <laughs> and it was, it was like a, it was a, you know, like, eh, maybe a two to one slope. It wasn't like falling to his death, but, but he, he tumbled. And so I, I hit him. And he rolled down the bank and he got up and he wasn't pleased. Um, he jumped up and man, he was angry. And, uh, and I said, there's a rattlesnake. I'm sure glad he didn't take off. He could actually see the rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, right. No. So, but there's this rattlesnake. And when he saw that, actually, I think about 80% of him was okay with it. <laughs> the other 20% wasn't. But, but he, he, when he saw it in context, when he saw what the danger was, he, he really appreciated the fact that I, that I helped protect him from it. And that's really as you're, as someone corrects you, just have that kind of appreciation that, hey, they saw a danger and they really cared about you. And, uh, and just to know, just to know that they really care about you and really take that seriously. Then, uh, the second part, the second part is like giving, giving correction to someone. Um, and really what that boils down to is, is speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love to someone else because you really care about them. Uh, Ephesians 4.15, 
captures this. And when Paul says this, he says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. You know, this atmosphere of caring about each other and sharing the truth with each other is really where growth and maturity happen. It's really being that close is how you can really help each other really grow. But it can be really difficult to correct other people because you just don't know how they're going to react. You just don't know how they're going to take it. And so it can be kind of a, kind of a fearful thing. And that's why courage is really, is really necessary. But there's a verse that really helps with this perspective. And I wanted to go ahead and show it to you from, uh, Proverbs 27, 3, 5, and 6. It just says, better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You know, a real friend is someone who says the hard things because they care about you and your welfare. That's, that's what a real friend does is they, they get the, they take the courage and out of a heart of love and care for you, they bring things up. And that's really the heart that you want to have when you, uh, when you approach someone to correct them. And then another couple of things just to, to kind of have in your mind as you're thinking about this is, is to correct based on patterns, not on one-time incidents. You know, correct based on patterns. Not, you know, not going around calling everybody out on every single thing. But if you see a pattern in someone's life where you can see that it might be really taking them to a big hit, then that's something that you could really help them with. So look for the pattern. And then correct people only on the basis of Scripture, not on personal preference, not on opinion, not on frustration or just something you don't like. But really, you want to correct people just on the basis of Scripture so you can really help them connect the help that God has for them. And so how do you give correction? I got just a few thoughts to, to walk through this morning. You know, how do you give correction? Well, the first step is the first step is when you receive correction, and that is to humble yourself, to really humble yourself and remember that you need a lot of help too. Don't lose sight of the fact that you really need a lot of help yourself, and this is just something that you feel like you can really help them with. And then uh, the next thing is, as you're talking with them, just let them know you care about them. Uh, if you've if you've had an if you have a relationship with them where you've really been encouraging them, they've been encouraging you. This is something that's that's kind of known, but just make sure you really let them know that you care about them, and that's why you're talking to them. And then, then let them know what you what you think you see, like let them know what you think this pattern is that could cause them real problems. And then and then just say something like, "Am I seeing that right, or am I off base? Am I off base on this?" And just Help, just to be able to under, help you understand better, like what it is they're actually dealing with, and then if because uh, you might you might be seeing something wrongly, but if you do if they do say you know what you're right you're right, well then ask some clarifying questions, really kind of draw out from them, just try to understand like what it is that they're dealing with really in their life, and you know why they're making the decisions they are, and to really understand where they're, where they're coming from. And then you can just let them know, you know, I've got some thoughts from Scripture that might help with that. Would you like, would you like me to share those with you? Now, I got, I got a couple of ideas. You know, God's really, maybe, it, maybe it's something that God's really helped you with, uh, help you walk through some things and say, you know, God's really helped me in that area. And there's some things that really helped me. Would you like me to share those with you? And give, give them an opportunity to say yes or no, because you don't want to just, you, you want to make sure that uh, you're not giving unsolicited advice. And if they say no, well, pray for them that they'd be open to hearing that. Maybe they'll come back to you later and ask you to, to really share that with them. And then, uh, and then really help them 
if they say, yeah, please share that with me, then help connect them to the scriptural principle that they're really dealing with. Really try to help them connect to what it is in God's word that could really help them. And maybe help them see some next steps they could take to really work towards change in that area. <clears throat> now, several years ago, um, I was leading a small group co-ed Bible discussion group. And it was, a, it was a great group, had a lot of great folks in it. And one day, one of the guys, one of the guys came to me and he said, Hey, Jeep, can I, can I talk to you about something? And I said, yeah, sure. He goes, you know, the, the guys and I, uh, there was something we're concerned about and, uh, and I wanted to just bring it up with you. And I said, okay, well, let me, let me hear what it is. And he said, you know, when we're in discussion, um, it seems like when we're in this discussion, sometimes you're kind of harsh with Kate, which if you don't know that, Kate's my wife. So sometimes you seem kind of harsh with Kate. And right when he said that, the thought that came to my mind was, I don't do that. That's, that's what came to my head. And then I thought, you know, I need to, I need to hear what he has to say. And I just said, well, well what is it you're seeing? He, he, he talked about a couple of instances and, and honestly, at the time I, I wasn't sure. And so I just asked him, I just told him, you know what? I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I said, thank you for telling me that. And, I'm going to talk to Kate and I really want to kind of just find out where, you know, if this, if this is really something that's, that's causing her some issues and if I'm really doing this. And, and so then I talked to Kate and I talked to Kate and she, and she felt like, well, I don't really think so. But if you've met my wife, she's one of the kindest people you'd ever want to meet in your whole life. And, uh, and I, and I just walked away and I, I just thought, you know, if these guys all saw this, this is something I really need to pay attention to. And so I began, I began just to take that to heart. And I just, it's something even now, it's, it's on my radar now. It wasn't on my radar before, but just on my radar, just, I just keep track of if I'm being harsh with, with her. And sometimes I have to go back and I, I think of, and I have to go back and ask her for her forgiveness for things. But it's something I really work on. But it's just a category that I didn't even have before. And I think that's really developed our relationship. I think it's been very, very helpful in just giving us a strong, a strong relationship. And she's also one of the most forgiving people I've ever met in my life, by the way. And I need a lot of it. So this morning, as we, as we, as we come to a close, I wanted to just throw out a couple things. And one is, you know, maybe, maybe you've been taking some hits lately. Maybe you've been taking some hits lately. Maybe relationally, maybe in marriage, maybe in parenting, maybe in work. Whatever it is, maybe you've been taking some hits lately. I would really encourage you to get close to some folks who are walking with God and ask them for advice. Get close to some folks who are walking with God and ask them for advice. You know, if you were on the plane, it would be like you got to hold the yoke. You're trying to figure out how to drive this thing and get to where you need to be. Get on the radio and ask somebody for help. And it could be, it could be this morning that maybe there's someone in your life that is really struggling right now. Maybe God's, maybe, uh, maybe life has been, has been giving them some hits. They've been taking some hits. And maybe it's in an area that God's really helped you in, or you have some, just some scriptural principles that you know would really be helpful to them. Well, I'd really encourage you to take your airplane and fly in close to them and really show them you care and give them some correction out of that heart of love. You know, and really help them see the change that God really wants to make in their life. And just remember that we all need correction and we all need each other looking out for us. So that's like a, that's like a non-negotiable truth 
is we all need that kind of help. And so let's just look at ways we can really do that for each other. So with that, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and uh, come back up. And as I am, if you haven't finished filling out your communication card, now's a great time. You can throw that in the offering. But I want to go through just a couple of next steps um, that you could take. Maybe for you this morning, just consider, maybe just take some time this week to consider how open you are to correction. Just spend some time just connecting with God on that. And then maybe this next week is take some time just to consider if there's someone that you could really help with some advice from the Scripture. Is there someone around your life that you've seen how they're struggling? Maybe you could really step in and, and really be a friend to them and really help them. And it could be maybe God has brought up something completely different as you've been listening this morning. I just really encourage you to act on that. So let me let me pray for us, and we'll get back to service. Dear God, Father, I, uh, I just pray that each one of us would connect to the love you have for us and to the help you want to give us. And God, I just pray that you would help each one of us to, to get connected to each other and really look out for one another. And Father, that we would, uh, we would miss out on the hits that could happen in our lives and that we'd be protected. In Jesus' name, amen.